0: Now, of course, tomorrow, the 1st of January, 2024, is really just another day, isn't it? But there's a sense that in this week and even this weekend and this morning, it's a good opportunity for us to pause, to reflect with God and each other on his activity in the past, our hope for the future, and the content or the state or condition of our soul in the present. And so that's what we're going to be doing in quite a focused way this morning, but also really across all of January in the life of our church, we're going to be spending summer in the Psalms together. The Psalms are a powerful place for us to go as we reflect on our inner world because there, in one way or another, we are ushered into a very real experience of every human emotion and condition of the soul imaginable. There in the Psalms, we come face to face with the expressions at the limit of human experience, the highs of celebration and the depths of sorrow, expressions that put those experiences at the limit into words at the limit, words that thrill us and lift us uh, and, and lift our hearts, words that ache and grieve, words that at times, if we're honest, disturb us, and words that cause us hope. And in the Psalms, we're welcomed into an experience of the world that is thoroughly biblical as we're drawn to engage with the eternal God of all time in our very real moment today, as His children, His presence, longing for His presence to be with us and us with Him. In his book, Spirituality of the Psalms, Walter Brueggemann, who's a a biblical scholar, suggests there are three general themes that the Psalms are uh, sort of grouped in. I'll put them on the screen for you. These are the Psalms of orientation, the Psalms of disorientation, and the Psalms of new orientation or reorientation. Firstly, Brueggemann says, human life consists in satisfied seasons of well-being that evoke gratitude for the constancy of blessing. These are the Psalms of orientation. In a variety of ways, they articulate the joy, the delight, the goodness, the coherence and the reliability of God, the goodness of his creation and God's governing law, which is true, isn't it? And for so many, Christmas is a season, summer holidays is a season, not having to go to work is a season where we can relax, delight, and enjoy the goodness of God and his creation, especially if you're visiting Victor Harbor uh, this week. Don't we have a nice little slice of paradise on the south coast down here? Except when the weather's like it's been this week, but you know what we mean. (laughs) But also the reality is that that's not always the case and actually a Christmas and a summer season doesn't always automatically mean that we feel that way because the reality is that, as Brueggemann would say, human life consists in anguish seasons of hurt, of alienation and suffering and death and these evoke rage, resentment, self-pity and even hatred and so as we, we also have psalms of disorientation poems and forms of speech that match the season in its ragged, painful disarray. This speech, the complaint song, has a recognisable shape that permits uh, the extravagance, hyperbole and abrasiveness needed for the experience. And then thirdly, we have experiences where through turns and surprise, we are overwhelmed with the new gifts of God. When joy breaks through the despair, Where there's been only darkness, there becomes light. We have, corresponding to this, we have the surprise of the gospel, we have psalms of new orientation or reorientation which speak boldly about a gift from God, his fresh intrusion into our lives that is making all things new. And so as we come together this morning... Rather than me talking about these kinds of Psalms or preaching to you about these kinds of Psalms, I want to invite us to engage with and experience these Psalms together, seeking to locate ourselves in the biblical text as we come before God in this sort of hinge moment between 2023 and 2024. Maybe you come to the end of this year filled with joy and thanksgiving for the goodness of God in your life, the blessings he has poured out on you in 2023. Maybe you come to the end of this year and it's not that at all. It's been a year of anguish and hurt and pain and suffering and grief and loss and death. Maybe you come to the end of this year and there's a new morn dawning. You can feel it hope is arising, light is breaking through, and once what was darkness, uh, light is breaking through the darkness and now there is praise on your lips. Maybe you find yourself somewhere in the transition between one of those seasons. As we engage with the Psalms today, may we locate our souls in God's word. But more than that, my prayer for us today is ultimately that we would be met by the living God and his transforming presence as we encounter him today, no matter what season we find ourselves in. So let's begin where life is all as it should be. The Psalms of orientation express happy settlement in the matters of faith because God has come to be known as reliable and trustworthy in all things. In the Psalms of orientation, there's a sense that life is reflected as untroubled, not threatened, but well-ordered as God had intended it to to be. Let me read an example of this for you. Psalm 8 captures this idea beautifully. Just just listen to the order and beauty of creation. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and influence, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them? You've made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. you made them rulers over the works of the, your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea and all that swim the parts of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Do you see what's happening here? The majesty and glory of God is proclaimed. The order of creation is settled and it works God's love is for his people and his people are co-ruling creation according to their God-given calling. And, And children and infants proclaim the praise of God and the enemy is silenced and doesn't get a look in. It's a wonderful picture of the glory of God, his love and justice and peace and blessings flowing forth. It's almost as though in this psalm, everything's as it ought to be. And I'm sure we've seen this plenty of times this year. The world working as it should. God's kingdom of love, justice and peace evident in the blessings of God poured out on, in us and through us in our church or the church that you're visiting from. We see it in the seasons of the year. We see it when people are just simply kind, gracious or compassionate. We see it when someone goes the extra mile. We see it when someone comes to faith. We see it when people are baptised. We see it when nations are compassionate and generous to those in need. We see it when God blesses us in personal and meaningful ways. So here's what I want us to do this morning. I hope this is... Indeed, our God is great. And his blessings flow and he's always at work and his world is wonderful and beautiful and his name is majestic in all the earth. And yet, the reality is we know, sometimes all too painfully well, that life is increasingly disorienting, out of balance, filled with pain, we experience sorrow, grief, and loss. There is something not right with my Father's world. You see, we're used to the Psalms of orientation. We're used to praise and adoration. We're used to order and beauty and goodness because really, they're the nice ones. <laughs> they're the easy choice for a worship leader to choose the Psalms of orientation. But when we come to the Psalms of disorientation, psalms of lament, psalms of complaint, they're often barely used in corporate worship, let alone our own private worship as well, because I wonder whether we come to believe that if we acknowledge or seek to face the reality of negativity or pain, that somehow we're expressing failure of faith or mistrust or untrust in God. If we name the pain or acknowledge the disorientation, sometimes we feel like we're being unfaithful or even irreverent. But the reality is, for the trusting community and for the trusting believer, no matter how small your trust or how small your faith at any given moment, praying the Psalms of lament, complaint and disorientation insists that we engage with life as it actually is and not in some sort of triumphalistic, pretend way. And so the Psalms of disorientation They give us both language and permission to come to God as we really are, not as we think we should be. In the Psalms of disorientation, we see words that ache, words that are real, words that disturb us and maybe we feel shouldn't even be in the Bible or said out loud or expressed according to our modern sensitivities. But it's also true that these words are expressions of experiences that shouldn't have been experienced either in my Father's world, and yet something is not right. And so here's the point. As we bring all of our stuff to God in lament, in complaint, and even accusation, this is not an act of unfaith or an act of distrust, but rather paradoxically, Our lament becomes an expression of our true and robust faith in the God who is loving and powerful enough to do something about it. And so in the midst of it all, it's to him that we cling to because to who else could we go? And so the Psalms of disorientation cause us to call it for what it is, to walk through the pain but never walking alone. We walk with the God who knows what it is to cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet, in the midst of that, was faithful to the end. It's in Him that we trust, and it's in Him that we place our hope. Listen to the words of Psalm 13 How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. As we sit on this transitional day with all of 2023 behind us and all of 2024 ahead of us, I want to hold some space for a moment today in our gathering to allow us to lament all that was not as it should be in my father's world in 2023. To face life as it really is. To grow as an authentic community of faith together. To lament not as an act of unfaith or distrust, but as an act of faith in the one who has the power over sin, darkness and death as an act of trust in the one who is loving and gracious and kind and meets us where we are at today. So I wonder, as you look back on 2023, in your world, I invite you to consider and name this. What have you experienced this year that is not as our Father's world should be? What have you experienced this year that is not as our Father's world should be? Where have you seen pain or sorrow or grief or loss or brokenness? Maybe it's been through someone bullying you at school. Maybe it's an injustice that you or someone you love has experienced. Maybe it's the loss of a relationship this year. Maybe on a global scale, we we think of things like war and poverty and disaster. Maybe on a personal level, we think of stress, strain, pressure, anxiety. Maybe we think of our kids and all that we long for them. Maybe we think of a hope that's been deferred. Maybe we think of an expectation that's been unmet. Now, this one's a little more personal, so I'm not going to make you get into groups and share your deepest thoughts. (laughs) But I do want to allow opportunity for us to, again, communally engage with this. And so that number on the screen, full disclosure, is my mobile number, right? So anything you text to me, I will read. So be as general as you like, and if my number happens to be in your phone, I'll know it's you, but don't worry, I'll use discretion. I won't name you in front of the church. But I do want to have a moment communally together to just sit in the space and acknowledge the reality that there is stuff in our world, in our lives, that is not as it ought to be, and to bring that before God this morning. And so, Susie, are you happy to play for us? Just um, We're going to sing a song together around this in a moment. Um, Susie, if you're happy to lead in that. Um, I just encourage you, be as ger- general as you want. Um, text them in to that number, and as they come through, I'm going to lead us in prayer just by naming some of the reality of this year that it has been. As we thank God for his blessings, blessings, we also acknowledge the reality of what some of this year has been. sending them in but let's pray together um, as we hold space together Father God we come before you today in the context of worship in the context of praise in the context of trust but also together in the context of community to recognize that there was so many blessings that you have poured out in our church in our lives in this world in your creation this year but we know there is so much that is not as it ought to be. As we sit in this in-between time of, of your uh, sacrifice on the cross and your victory and your resurrection, and yet we await your return to renew and remake all things, there is much that causes us pain and, and sorrow and grief. And we wrestle with that. And we wrestle with your heart, Father God. This year we we lament at the war in Ukraine. We lament at the brokenness of a relationship between a mother and a son. The death of the car crash uh, at schoolies this year. We lament at the sudden death of a friend just before Christmas, which is so sad and stressful to our families. Tragedy, rejection, pain and broken relationships. We lament at death of young lives on our roads. War and suffering in the world. The three deaths that we've experienced recently in our church this year. We lament the feeling of one step forward and two steps back in my faith. People being unkind to others. Lack of empathy towards others. Father, we lament at homelessness and our kids rejecting faith, the the faith they once had that's gone dormant. We lament relationship pressures in families that cause heartache, escalating youth crime in our country, what's taking place in Gaza. We lament unkindness to people who are different to us and sickness and selfishness and greed. We lament the loss of South Australian police officers this year. We lament loneliness in an unfamiliar place and death of a loved one, our physical pain and the world that's at war. We lament the lives of students who live, have to live with broken homes and social media expectations. We, la- we lament the lack of compassion that we see between work colleagues. We lament a friend passing away due to cancer when he was only 23. Father, it's not right that marriages break down, the, the unexpected and sudden death of a nephew at four weeks old, the stress and pressures in life, anxiety. We lament being peer pressured into doing ungodly actions friend dying of murder neuron disease, the lack of compassion in our world, the death of a close friend anxiety and uncertainty at work, the murder of Christians in Nigeria decline of health people abusing substances overwhelming sorrow at the injustice of invasion and warfare Social injustice. Father, they just keep coming. There's so much in our hearts and in our minds, in the reality of this world, that we cry out to you, How long, O oh Lord? Come, Lord Jesus, intervene, make a way. We pray you'd meet us in our grief and sorrow on a personal level. We pray you'd meet us in our brokenness on a global level. Jesus, we look forward to when you've returned and you make all things new. And Father, we don't have all the answers, but it's to you that we cry out. We turn the longings of our heart to you this morning, King Jesus the one who knows what it is to suffer, the one who is present with us in our pain and grief, the one who ultimately will restore and make all things new and destroy sin, evil, and death once and for all. And so we lament, we cry out, we say, come, Lord Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Lord have mercy. Would you stand with us as we sing in response to this moment, acknowledging the God who has with us both in the highs but also in the depths. A God who invites no matter what. This is new to us. The Psalms of disorientation face the reality of life that is that it is not all as it should be in our father's world. And it's painful and it's messy and we cry out, how long, O Lord? And this is important because the repeated pattern of the laments and complaints involves a move and a shift. Where we move from disorientation. To a new or a reorientation. And so the Psalms of disorientation have this move, which we saw in Psalm 13, from plea, How long, O Lord, to praise. Yet I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. It's the fullness of both, isn't it? The psalms of reorientation are not about the natural outcome of trouble, but are about God's intervention or the transformation made possible by God who causes new life to spring forth where none seems possible. God hears, God answers, God restores, He resolves and He makes new, He heals, He transforms, and He redeems. And I'll praise him. Let me read to you Psalm 30, an example of a praise and thanksgiving for God's redeeming work. Notice the shift from lament to praise that takes place in this psalm. I will exalt you, Lord, for you have lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to, for you, to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favour lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I'll never be shaken. Lord, when you favoured me, you made my royal mountain stand firm, but when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called, to the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I'm silenced? If I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord. My God, I will praise you forever. God hears. God answers. He restores. He resolves. He makes new. He heals, transforms, and redeems. And so I will praise him. And so as our final way of engaging this morning, I want to again encourage you to look back. Do you know the number one command in scripture? Remember. Remember. We're we're doing a lot of that today. I want to encourage you to remember this past year, and here's the final question. Where have you seen God's answer to prayer, God's intervention, God's healing, restoration, or the making of things new in 2023? Where have you seen God's answer to prayer, intervention, healing and restoration, or the making of things new in 2023? And here's how we're going to do this because we, um, again, I want us to, uh, to participate and to make it count. I was going to say make it stick, which is actually what we're going to do. We're going to take some sticky notes and we're going to stick it on the cross. We're going to write on our sticky notes, where have we seen God's activity or breaking in in restorative ways in our lives in 2023? Stick it on a sticky note and we're going to stick it onto the cross and that's appropriate because isn't the cross the greatest place of reorientation humanity has ever seen? This, this instrument of torture and death and suffering, God has reoriented into the greatest place of salvation and healing the world has ever seen. As Jesus died for you and died for me. And rose to a new life, inviting us into that as well. It's through the cross of Christ that we're welcomed into the presence of God. It's through the cross of Christ that we were redeemed and transformed. And so this morning, let's cover it in words and images and sentences of how we have seen God redeeming, transforming, answering prayer, and breaking in in surprising and wonderful ways in the year that has gone. You know, we've sort of travelled through in a bit of a linear fashion today but life's not that uh, clean cut it may be that you come to this space and you're like do you know what actually i'm still in that lament space i'm still aching i'm still longing for god's renewal god's transformation if that's you write that down write what you long for The invitation is what have you seen or what do you long for as an act of trust that God is the God who reorients us in the midst of this orientation. Let's, uh, Let's stand and sing. We're going to sing two songs to close out. I praise the name just as a great anthem of the goodness of Jesus and his work on the cross. And then really what is a prayer for us all as a community and our churches and a people of God as we move into the new year, that we would be a people who cry out in word and deed, all hail King Jesus. And that's our prayer, isn't it? All hail King Jesus, our Lord and our God, worthy as worship, no matter what our circumstance. We'll praise you on the mountaintop, we'll praise you in the valley, we'll praise you when we're in between, because you alone are worthy of our worship. King Jesus, that's the cry of our heart as we uh, move into the rest of this day and the clock ticks over tonight at 12.01. Our hope is not in an arbitrary clean slate where the date changes to the 1st of January. Our hope is in you, the living, resurrected God, Jesus, the Son of God. And so we worship you and we keep our eyes fixed on you. Lead us into your good and beautiful purposes into this new year, we pray.